0: Welcome to episode 33 of Spencer Talks About Stuff. Please subscribe and leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts and check me out anywhere else podcasts are played. I have also started a small Instagram page where I will be posting clips from the show. It is called Spencer Talks About Stuff on Instagram. There are no amendments today. This month I am doing sober September, so I will not be enjoying alcoholic beverages with my guests. I just wanted to let you know why I have not been drinking beer on the podcast. For Spencer's favorites, I'd like to recommend diet and exercise. A lot of people think that there is some magic pill or magic diet or exercise program that will make you look like a Greek god, but the truth is sometimes not what people want to hear. You need to eat less to lose weight. You need to eat quality foods to feel healthy. You need to limit sugar and processed foods. You need to limit alcohol consumption. And you need to quit smoking immediately if you are a smoker. Exercise does not have to be complicated. Go for a walk around your neighborhood, go for a hike or a bike ride, and if you are ready for some bodyweight calisthenics, there are so many free resources online and on YouTube that if you think there is a barrier to learning and starting, you are mistaken. Eat well and limit your portions, stop smoking and drinking so much, and try to get your heart rate up for at least 30 minutes per day. Please subscribe to Spencer Talks About Stuff and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And you can also write a review and let everyone know what you think about the podcast. Without further ado, here is episode 33 of Spencer Talks About Stuff. All right, welcome to episode 33 of Spencer Talks About Stuff. Today on the podcast, I have Laura Williams and Emily Mathis. You guys are both teachers, you're both swim coaches, and you're both former swimmers at Boise State, correct? Correct.
1: Yep. (laughs) That's right. Yeah.
0: Awesome. And you guys started something called From Grads to Glory. Yep. We started
1: it just this summer.
0: Okay. So do you want to talk a little bit about what it is?
1: Yeah. So Emily and I have been talking about this for probably a couple years now. I've been out of the water for like a year and a half or so, and Emily just a year more than that, um, and we were just talking about that transition for athletes, like you get so much assistance, and you get so much support while you're an athlete, especially like at BSU, they have so many programs for you, but when you finish, you're just kind of left with like, what do I do now? Yeah. Um, and we knew a lot of people faced that, and so we talked about that a lot. Um, and like for me, like I transitioned into CrossFit, and I still had another semester of school, as did Emily, um, since now she's found running. You know, we find those different things, but it's hard and there's challenges, there's mental health, there's body issues, there's what do I do next, who am I, like, who am I now, and just all of that. And so that's really where it stemmed from, just like creating that.
0: I think it's awesome that you guys are doing that because I, I struggled a lot when I first started or when I f- first got done playing and I started like in my real life. I was still doing grad school, but without that, you know, one central thing that I was always focused on, which was football – I did struggle trying to figure out who I was and what my passions were and all those things. And um, actually we were talking about this before the podcast, David McKenzie was over last night and we had a really good conversation about that as well. And yeah. I think most college athletes struggle with it. So,
1: yeah, I mean the outreach that we've gotten from people is kind of insane. Like not only just BSU, like primarily BSU, cause that's where we attended, but our friends that are swimmers everywhere and people on the East coast have reached out to us and they're like, Hey, there was a girl I swam with in Probably like middle school, and she went to Duke, and a girl that she knew there reached out to us because she told her about from grad school. Like the connections are kind of crazy. That's and awesome. Everybody relates that. Like I struggled with this. I had a hard time. Like everyone does. Yeah. So. Do,
0: do you guys happen to know Archie Lewis? Did you meet him at Boise State?
1: No, I don't think so. What sport?
0: He, uh, he played football. He okay. was an offensive lineman, and yeah. he actually just started a podcast. He studied uh, psychology at Boise State. And he's working for the army right now. And I think he helps kind of with some PTSD stuff. And he talks in front of groups about like how to deal with certain situations. Yeah. Um, but he just started a podcast very similar to what you guys are talking about, like finding your passion and finding what you're meant to do and all those yeah. things. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. We should look into it. You, you yeah. should definitely talk to him. And myself, Archie and Sam McCaskill have all chatted about, somehow starting something we don't quite know what it would be yet but um all putting our heads together to to try to figure out some sort of transition program for athletes into the real world yeah yeah so cool
1: definitely needed
0: yeah so you guys are gonna interview me yes and we we did we said we were going to do it on air because yeah. it'll be kind of like a fun swap thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, from grads to glory. And Spencer talks about stuff. Uh, yeah. Swap. So yeah. collab. Yeah. Okay,
1: I'm going to pass it to Emily and okay. she's going to ask you the questions.
0: Okay, awesome.
2: Okay, tell us a little bit about your football journey. Like oh, when gosh. you started and how you got to Boise.
0: Okay, so I actually grew up in Boise. We moved to Boise when I was 10, I grew up in Southern California. My dad was a firefighter. My mom stayed home with us three kids and we moved to Boise and I was a huge Boise state fan, like right away when I was 10 years old. Naturally, And then, yeah. (laughs) And then uh, I went to Bishop Kelly. I worked hard playing football there and worked hard in the weight room. And I ended up getting a scholarship to BSU. And I mean that the rest is history. After that, I, I played offensive line. I played there for six years cause I gray shirted, red shirted, and then I was eligible for four more years. And so I got my undergrad done. I got most of my master's done while I was there and I learned a ton. The coaches are awesome. The environment's awesome. So
2: sweet. Yeah. Um, Laura and I have talked a lot about a huge role that like athletics plays during your life in like, college and stuff. Um, what was life like after athletics for you?
0: It was not hard initially because I knew football was coming to an end. I'd had some conversations with my coaches about like, I knew I wasn't going to play in the NFL. I wasn't good enough to do that. And I was mentally prepared to start losing weight, start trying to get healthy. Like I wanted to start running and um, start dieting because a huge part of being an offensive lineman is you eat a ton of food all the time. (laughs) And I was over 300 pounds most of my career. And then, Right when I got done, you know, I I loved working out and stuff, so I continued to do that. I just fixed my eating. Um, But then I'd say probably a month or two after football was over, that's when I started to feel like, holy smokes, there's a huge gap. And I found CrossFit, and I started doing CrossFit and competing in that. And it really did fill the void that was left from football.
2: Yeah, I think Laura and I both agreed, like, it took a while to find something that would give you like that team atmosphere, the community building atmosphere and that aspect. But um it's cool to hear how different people like find themselves again after athletics. Like I just ran a half marathon and Laura's doing really good at CrossFit. So it's just cool to see how people yeah find their outlet. So
0: how, how did you get into, I know the terminology it's dry <laughs> land. What the, what the <laughs> swimmers call it. Cause Laura, Laura said all of her, athletes that she coaches hate doing dry land
2: we're like not land people so
0: (laughs) you need to be in the water
2: yeah um so i got into running during quarantine actually i was getting sick of being inside and i was like i need to get outside somehow and so every day i just ran eight miles and then come august i found this half marathon that was like being offered you could run it anytime anywhere in september and so that's how I got into that.
0: Where uh, Where'd you run?
2: I ran out on the green belt and Laura met me halfway with snacks. Oh.
0: and gatorade (laughs) and a sign
2: and then i turned around and went back and she met me at the finish oh cool so it was a
0: virtual (laughs) yeah Yeah, so you
2: could run it anywhere anytime through september 20th
0: cool that's awesome yeah it's nice having someone like to cheer you on and support you
2: oh yeah i I, saw a lot of dogs too that helped oh
0: my god yeah the green belt's (laughs) awesome it's cool it's good people watching too yeah yeah um i so my wife i say My wife made me run Roby Creek with her a couple times. And the first time I ran it, I like two miles into it. Have you guys run Roby Creek or do you know anything about it? I've
2: heard about it from some of my students though. I heard it's pretty gnarly.
0: Yeah. So it starts down in um, like near military reserve Mm -hmm. and you just immediately go uphill. It's like a half mile of flat and then it's uphill for like eight miles. And about two miles into it, Ross, my sister, Tony... And like someone else were like tailgating in a neighborhood and they were drinking beer and they had my football jerseys. They went to my parents' house and got my football jerseys and they were wearing them and they like were cheering me on. And I was like, I was like, okay, I can do the rest of this now. It like gave me that. I was like ready to quit, but then I saw them and it was awesome. It was so awesome. Like
2: mile 11, it's like hitting a brick wall. And then... I just got a text from like our former coach and she was like, you could do it. You could do it. And then only two miles left. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Cool. Um, Okay. What helped you the most when transitioning out of football life?
0: I think having a good support group around me because I've talked about this a lot where I would be worried with the stuff I went through mentally when I was done, Mm -hmm. if I didn't have that support group. And I know some people don't have that support group. So I think being close to my parents, being close to both my sisters, um, I had a good group of friends. Like I said, that CrossFit group of people, it was just nice to have a like-minded group of people around me. And then I was actually still in grad school. I had another semester of grad school. And so having something to focus on, I had my comprehensive exam coming up, which I did instead of, um, Instead of doing a thesis and studying all the time with my cohort, that helped a lot too. Mm-hmm. So just something to focus on.
2: Yeah. Um, what advice would you give people going through this transition? Oh, man.
0: Okay. I, I actually have it written out if, if you give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, it's something
2: I, that like no one really talks about until you get there and you're like, oh my God, why am I feeling this way?
0: Yeah. Give me one sec I might have to oh no it's right here okay so so my whole thing with the transition from college sports to the real world I think it's gonna keep, it'll pick up on the mic it's okay it's totally fine um so I, I would love for there somehow to be like a whole semester class where you kind of go through different things. And I don't think it would necessarily like you'd need to meet multiple times a week or whatever. Maybe once a week or once every two weeks or something. But I think I think people need to be upfront about depression. Because I think a lot of people get depressed once they don't have their sport anymore. Because it's like you, you guys probably know your whole life. You guys have been swimming since how old? Four. Yeah, exactly. Like and then all the years. yeah, all of a sudden you don't have it anymore. And that's, I mean, I didn't start playing football when I was four, but I started in middle school. So, I mean, it was a ton of time dedicated just to that one sport. And then once it's gone, you do kind of, some people do get depressed. So I think mm-hmm. just like trying to get rid of the stigma of talking about that and just saying, you probably will get depressed and that's fine. Like mm-hmm. people go through it. It's a normal thing. Um, the other advice I'd have, is find something you can compete in because once you don't have that competition atmosphere around you anymore, it's almost like you crave it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something athletic. It could be, you know, if you go into real estate, you're competing with other realtors to try to sell a house better or whatever it is. You should find something to fill that void. Um, And then I think a huge, I don't I don't know what the word should be. It was shocking to me going to an environment in like an office setting, not in the locker room, not on the football field, not in the weight room, in the office where people were lazy around me. And it was like, like you'd ask someone to do something and help you with something. And they're like, I don't feel like doing that. And it's like, okay, well my whole career at Boise State, nobody would ever have that attitude for anything. Um, So mentally preparing people for, different personalities, because you're at such a high intense level for you know four plus years, however long you're there, and then all of a sudden, you're around a bunch of people who aren't like that. So that's a little shocking and jarring. Um, And then I'd say nutrition and exercise, you have to have both those things dialed, because if those aren't dialed, they can snowball, and that could lead to more depression too, and just something else you don't wanna deal with. And then finances, I'd say people need to learn how to not spend money Mm -hmm. because I've seen a bunch of people make stupid financial decisions and you think you have enough money to do something or, you know, a bank tells you that you have enough income to buy a house when in reality, if you bought that house, you'd be what they call house poor and you'd be spending all your money on your mortgage payment instead of having money for other things or paying more on principle and the same thing with a car payment all those things so that's kind of my gist of it i mean i know it's kind of a holistic approach but there's a lot of different things that i think people should learn when they're transitioning
2: yeah totally and i think a big thing that i agree with you what you said was um just making sure people don't feel alone in this process i think people are scared to talk about it a lot of the time and so just putting everyone's stories out there. Because when we ask people what they want to see from Grads to Glory, a lot of them said like spotlights on people who have gone through this. So I think just highlighting that you know, are not alone in this process is huge.
0: Yeah. You, you guys. So how big was the swim team? How many people on the team?
2: Um, Like 26 girls. That's including diving. Okay. So we were a pretty small team. Were,
0: were you guys all close or were there kind of little cliques or...
2: Um, I definitely say our team was a lot closer than, um, like previous, like club teams that I've been on or something. Um, like we didn't really have clicks or anything on our team. We were pretty solid as a whole.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's something different about football. Like there's so many people on the football team that there are just clicks kind of naturally happen.
2: How many guys are there?
0: There's like a 105. Wow. To 110. and you so, know all of
2: them?
0: Yeah, for the most part, yeah. you know everyone. Um, and I think Boise State probably does a better job of other schools uh, getting different people to interact with each other. And we actually had something called Bronco Olympics during fall camp where Fun. you'd get put together with a team of guys that like, I mean, it, they would pick it so you'd be with people you weren't wouldn't normally hang out with. Yeah. And then you'd get a coach assigned to your group And then you'd have tasks to do. You'd have to do a talent show together. We did like a home run derby. We did like (laughs) racing go-karts. So that was cool. And that was a real awesome like team building environment thing. But still those clicks, like after fall camp, those clicks would kind of come back, you know. And that's something that I want to get out of my podcast is reaching out to guys that I didn't really hang out with back Mm -hmm. then, you know, and seeing what those people are doing. Because I obviously like... I'll keep tabs on my friends and I know that they're successful and they're doing well, but there's certain guys that I haven't heard their name since I graduated. And that's what scares me. That's what kind Mm -hmm. of worries me. And maybe, you know, all they need is just someone like from grads to glory or me to reach out to them. And that could help them, you know, maybe save their life Mm -hmm. potentially. So,
2: and the cool thing about swimming is, um, we have a huge alumni Base and we're all kind of still connected. Um, We're part of a Facebook page, and a few weeks ago, one of the previous coaches had just asked the girls to like type on there what they're doing now, and it's just cool to see how like spread out all the women are from this team. That's awesome.
0: That's a great idea. Yeah, I don't think there's really I don't think there's a Facebook group for former Boise State football players, so maybe yeah, Yeah, maybe maybe somebody needs to start one. (laughs) one. So they they do a what they call the gridiron social every spring and they invite any alumni can come back and you go watch a spring practice and then I think the head coach, whether it was Coach Pete or Coach Harson, talks to the whole group and then you have a barbecue where you get to hang out with the kids, former players and the coaches. And so that's cool. But that's just once a year. So Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's cool to see alumni that you don't really know with and then you connect with them.
0: Yeah do you guys do you guys stay connected with like other people you met in college or just athletes or
2: I definitely say I connect I stay connected with people in the college of ed just because a lot of them are teachers here in Boise now oh cool um but other than that, yeah, I try to
0: yeah so did mo- most people that you went to school with for teaching are teaching around Boise?
2: Yeah, actually the Boise school district and the surrounding ones really like hiring people from the bSU college of ed so. A lot of them do stick around. Cool. What do you say, Laura? Yeah. Awesome. Um. So what are you up to these days? Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> Fairly busy, yeah. Uh, but no, I am I do everything I want to do. If there's stuff I don't want to do, I don't do it. <laughs> so I uh, I work at St. Alphonsus. I've been there for almost seven years. Um, I started working there when I was in grad school. My sister was a nurse there, and she actually got me a job while I was in grad school and you know my career where I thought it was gonna go didn't quite work out and I kept getting promotions at St. Al's and so I just stayed there and now I have a pretty darn good job and uh, I opened up a CrossFit gym in Boise and it's an awesome awesome way to get to know people and connect with people and get people to compete Um, it's it's super super fun and I'm I'm a huge, um, advocate for health and wellness and eating right. And because I, I'm like, (laughs) I did not eat right for a long time and I know what it can do to your body. And so I want to help, uh, you know, if it's, if we help even just one person, like learn how to better themselves, I think it's worth what we've put into it. Um, I got married, uh, a year and a half ago. We bought a house almost two years ago. We've got, Four chickens and a dog. So do chickens have names? Yeah. So we actually I say four chickens. We have three chickens and a duck. And we have Patricia, Bruce, Meep, and then the duck's name is Slug. <laughs>
2: Who chose his names? <laughs> My wife and I.
0: <laughs> They're they all actually have kind of meanings to them, but Stories behind Yeah, it. I'm not gonna go into that. <laughs> but yeah, we we travel a lot. Um yeah, we're living life to the fullest, I think. Yeah. Before we start having kids. So. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. Um so Laura and I our group was called From Grads to Glory and we like to ask people what they think their glory moment besides like out of athletics was. So what would you say your glory moment is?
0: Oh my gosh. I think graduating grad school was like cool. Like I didn't think that that would ever happen when I first got to Boise State and then I got very passionate about academics. And I think walking across the stage and in a cap and gown and getting my graduate degree was pretty cool. Um, And then I think one of the other things, the first weightlifting meet that we hosted at CrossFit composure was awesome. There's over a hundred people watching. Um, It was just incredible. And it was an event that I put together myself and it was just cool to see like all the different parts Mm -hmm. come and all work together. And it was, it was just a cool moment to like sit back and say like, Oh cool. like, we did this. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. Um, that was one of our last questions okay. on our list. Okay. Do you have any, Laura? I
0: think so. Awesome. Nothing else?
2: Um, if you could do another sport, what would you have chosen? Like, if you could choose. Oh.
0: I love basketball. And I'm not tall enough or fast enough and not a good enough shooter Mm -hmm. but I think like if I would have focused if I would have focused a little bit less on football and would have like spread myself out more my junior and senior year of high school I would have done basketball I think yeah so what did you did you just swim?
1: I just went... I mean, like Emily said, we're not really land creatures. Like, <laughs> I tried... I did, like, elementary track. I did tennis for, like, a couple of months. I was really bad. I don't have very good eye coordination, like, hand-eye coordination. Yeah. Um, well, you
0: can snatch and clean and jerk. I know. <laughs> I know. I, was I like, feel like that's... you're pretty good at CrossFit.
1: I've, I've gotten better. Like, I don't know. Your swimming years, you're, like, not very graceful on land. Like, us in the weight room, like, we were strong and, like, we could do stuff, but, like, we didn't hit power. And, like, we did everything from the hang and like we really just like muscled things like the technique like when I came to CrossFit and you guys were like hit power I was like what is power like Like power position yeah Yeah. because we didn't have that like we weren't taught that
0: yeah we weren't really taught that either it's funny thinking back about how they taught us how to snatch I think a lot of us were pretty good at like doing hang cleans yeah um but yes snatching I don't think my hands were nearly wide enough
1: no I mean it still took me like a while to like hook grip. Like we had never done that, you know, it was just like different, but the focus was in the water. Yeah. So we did some kind of like funky things on dry land, <laughs> like in weights, because like we did some brushstroke things. Like we had a medicine ball, like we're kneeling on the ground, medicine ball between your legs on the like TRX and oh. you had a band and you would, go out and then you'd outsweep for your breaststroke. Oh, like okay. Like your catch. Yeah. And so we did some stuff that was like pretty abnormal because it was to translate in the water.
0: So who was your strength coach?
1: So we had Ben um, and then we had Matt.
0: Okay. And they, did they like study strengths, specific stuff for swimming yeah Ben
1: was like he moved to Texas A&M and became the swim and dive strength coach over there because they had noticed like all he was doing with us because he was very much like student of the game researched like would talk to us about stuff we try different things like different jumps Uh, like we've hooked the band up to the top of like the pull up like Uh the uh, the rack and you get into it and we would do jumps like hooked up to the band or like hooked down so like resistance, um, and just different things to really work like specific things. And it's like a lot with your lats and just like shoulder health, just cause like overusing them in swim is super common. Yeah. And so yeah. Are it's there, kinda are there cool. a lot of
0: shoulder injuries in swimming?
1: Not so much like a, something happens, but it's a chronic injury, just like overuse, especially like distance swimmers, because like one of their primary events is the mile. So the yards you have to put in for a mile is is so much, yeah. You know, and they don't often. A distance freestyler does not often swim IM or anything else, so they're just primary freestyle across the board. Okay. So, how
0: long does it take somebody to swim a mile on average?
1: Depends on how fast you are, but I mean, like, what,
0: how how fast could you swim a mile?
1: Ooh, um, I haven't swum a mile <laughs> in a really well. We swim Quinn's pond, but that's like an open water mile. I mean, Kitty Ledecky swims it in like. 15 something and she's she's quick you know so yeah I think I swam the mile like in an actual meet once okay I was not fast at it I think it took me like just really long time okay yeah
0: so I it's funny that you say that because I mean I guess I didn't even realize that there's all those different events yeah i mean i i knew that there were different stroke events yeah but there's also different distances for each stroke too yeah okay
1: yeah so there's um like for the ims like there's 200 and 400 and then freestyle goes from 50 all the way to the mile um and then all the other strokes have typically like 100 to 200 okay is
0: the is the width of the pool is it 25 yeah so the fifty is just like an all out sprint.
1: Oh, we turn. yeah, splash and dash, turn and burn, like, like even easier legs. One. <laughs> yeah. You're just like you don't <laughs> you breathe. Don't breathe. Yeah. Good fifty freestylers, don't breathe or they take like one breath. Whoa. Like it's so fast. Yeah. Like, yeah. So when you're like in our team, like we did have like Emily and I worked out together a lot because we both did brush and I am. Whereas like the distance girls, maybe I didn't see them quite as much. Yeah. But we had like little sisters and different things and so you kind of get would get to train with a mix of girls because you have like the lanes you warm up in and you typically went in the lane of like your little sister okay and then we break up into groups okay so, so what,
0: what did you swim
1: i did breast and i am so typically like 100 200 breasts and then 200 i am okay um, and what's
0: i am again sorry
1: individual medley so okay. all four
0: oh okay yeah Okay.
1: Yeah, in the crazy. same race. And then Emily was the same, except for instead of 100 breasts, she moved to 4 a.m. So she was more distance than I was.
0: So for IM, do you mm-hmm. start like freestyle and then you go breaststroke and then you go backstroke?
1: So you start, so you go fly back breast free.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. And there's like, I mean, I would say most IMers are breaststrokers because I mean, if you watch like a 2.00 AM like the breaststrokers come up after the backstroke and they like pass people and like it's very mental like getting past on that because like breaststroke is technically like it's the slowest stroke yeah if like even the best like it's just the slowest one just with the glide and the technical side of it yeah um but yeah we always and then you just try to hang on on the freestyle and yeah so yeah
0: that's awesome yeah all right I'm gonna turn it back over to Emily um where did you grow up?
2: I'm from Southern California as well. Oh,
0: cool. Where in Southern California?
2: Santa Maria. Okay. Um, It's uh, like three hours north of Los Angeles. Do you okay. Know where Cal Poly is?
0: I do know where Cal Poly is. So
2: like 30 minutes away from okay. there.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm like an hour north of Los Angeles. Okay. So I was from- uh, like Ventura? Ventura County. Yep. Oh, no. Yep. Do you have an 805 area code? I did have an 805 yes. area code. Yes. So- <laughs> Uh, I was born in Thousand Oaks, and then we grew up in Moore Park.
2: Oh, my gosh. My like good friend is from there.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 We were actually back in March. My wife and I went down to Los Angeles, and we hung out in Hollywood a little bit, and then we drove up to see me, and... It was fun nice
2: to go back sometimes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was fun. We went to the Ronald Reagan library.
2: Oh, I love that place. Yeah. I went there in a school field trip. <laughs> yeah. That I it would yeah. be so
0: cool if you were in school to go there. Like we have, I feel like we don't have that much exciting stuff around here for field trips. Like we have like the birds of prey, botanical
2: gardens,
0: botanical gardens yeah. and the prison, I guess is cool. Yeah. Yeah. But,
2: but it's all virtual right now. So,
0: yeah. So, um, how did you get to Boise state then from Southern California?
2: Um, so when I was looking for schools, originally my plan was to go to San Diego state and in April that fell through, like some things happened and I had to change schools. And so last minute I came to Boise, Idaho, not knowing what the heck this place was. Yeah. Did you get it?
0: Did you get a scholarship? Yeah. Okay, cool.
2: So I was just recruited late, um, because of what happened there. But, um, I had no idea what Boise was when I first came here, I would honestly didn't know where Idaho was in the math. And so and after graduating, I just loved it so much. I stayed here.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Cool. And so you when did you make the decision that you wanted to be a teacher?
2: Um, so my first year of college, I was a Cannese major. Okay. And after a few classes, I just wasn't loving it. I didn't see myself doing that for the rest of my life. So um my friend suggested that I try a gen ed like a general education class um for education and i ended up loving it yeah um but i'd always like played school when i was little i loved (laughs) playing teacher and so i guess that should have been a sign yeah i wanted to be a teacher
0: so what are you teaching now
2: i teach second grade
0: oh cool yeah that's awesome and do you teach fourth Third, Laura's okay. third, yeah. And then we know a mutual friend of ours teaches fourth grade. Yeah. And do you know her too? Yeah, Laura okay. told
2: me about her a little bit.
0: Okay, cool. So what, what school do you teach at?
2: Um, I teach at Longfellow. Okay. Kind of in the north end.
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh, I think I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And has it been tough with COVID?
2: Um, The first few weeks was a little rough, just kind of getting into routine and teaching a uh, Eight year olds, how to use a computer and like <laughs> mute themselves. Oh, but yeah. Laura and I have some pretty funny stories coming out of teaching virtually. Yeah. My favorite one to tell is. We were, were all on Zoom and we were about to color and this kid gets up to go get his crayons and doesn't have his pants on. Oh my god! <laughs> and everybody saw, I was like, buddy, you gotta put some pants on. And his reason I couldn't be mad at it, he said he doesn't wear pants at home and he's at home. So oh how gosh. could you get mad at him? Are there,
0: are, are normally like the parents there? Like is eight years old a time when you can leave kids alone?
2: Um, some of them I know are alone or they have like older siblings there. But Laura has some funny stories about her, like parents walking into the zoom meetings too. Oh. But a lot of my kids, their parents are like sitting next to them doing their work while they're helping. Cause okay, there's a lot of like going back and forth from different tabs and like turning everything in. So yeah. it's good to have someone help them.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So had, did you teach last year then?
2: Um, I was at a preschool last year. Okay. So this is my first one in the school district. Okay.
0: yeah, It's kind of weird. Like I know a lot of teachers that this is their first year. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting. And that... it
2: feels like the, it, I know a lot of like veteran teachers have said that this feels like their first year of teaching again because oh, yeah. everything's so new.
0: Yeah. We have a good friend. I well, I don't know. Do you know Bill Swartley from the gym? He works out at 515 AM. You might've seen him a couple um, times.
1: I don't think so.
0: He teaches at um, Timberline.
1: Okay. And I know I know Thomas teacher. teaches yeah, and, and Taylor, Thomas Taylor teaches, too. but.
0: Um, but yeah, Bill has just been, I've been asking him like uh, twice a week how it's going and stuff. Yeah. And he said the same thing. Like it feels kind of new and different and figuring everything out. And I can't imagine like, especially as a veteran teacher like that, having all this thrown at you
1: yeah well and like the technology side of it especially I mean just if you're a little older you know like my partner teachers are not old by any means but they're like I don't know how to do this and I'm like oh here let's do this and they're like oh my gosh like I would have never known this you know there's just some things like you're not taught and you don't know until you have to do it and like using google like we use google classroom as like a platform yeah but there's so many ins and outs and like parents don't know how to use it so we do like how-to videos and upload them and send them to parents because they have to learn it too yeah and i have i have a mix of kids like they have older siblings nannies or parents or grandparents that are with them um but yeah it's it's interesting we get (laughs) we get good stories out of it so do you
0: have any other good stories then um, About- I think
1: my favorite one is I have a little kid. So he, yeah. So they're like eight, they're third grade, they're eight. And so one of them, he's so funny. I, I kept watching him. He was always carrying me around. Cause like on their device, like they carry you around. Yeah, so they like just our, walk
0: around with the, yeah. I was
1: like, <laughs> put me down, like sit in one spot. And so he was like, carrying me around. And I was like, where is he going? And then I look up at him cause you have like a grid. So you see all your kids. I look up at him and I just see his little face peering out. And I was like, Hey, buddy, where are you at? And he goes, I'm laying on my massage table.
0: What? (laughs) Oh, so he had it like below the. Doing
1: it below (laughs) his massage table with his little face like peeping out. Yeah. And I was like, hey, buddy, you really got to sit up like and you you try like not to laugh like in the middle you gotta of the class. Be professional. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, Hey bud, like you got to pick one spot. You need to come off of the massage table and sit." and like I let him lay on it during read aloud cause he's just listening. But <laughs> yeah, there's just, and I've had like parents that didn't realize we were in class, like come in the screen and like, they were not ready for that, you yeah, know, or like yeah. dogs, like come through the screen yeah. or like toys, like float through. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to see that. And like, they don't always remember that you can see them if they go to a different tab. Mm-hmm. And so they like use it as a camera to pick their nose oh, or like they make faces. And I'm like, Hey friend, stop doing that. And they're like, oh, you see it like on their faces. Yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. They Oh realized. my gosh, I forget. Miss Williams can see me, you know? <laughs> So it's funny, but like, I've been amazed at like how much their personalities have like shined online yeah, and just like getting to know them. Cause that was kind of my fear, like not getting to see them in person and not connecting the same with relationships. But it's, it's been really good. Like I've gotten to know my kids really well. You
0: do third grade, you said? Yeah. And are you at the same school or? I'm at Amity. You're at Amity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah cool
1: yeah so it's I mean it's been a really good experience and I'm grateful for it that like I do have a job and like I'm able to do it it was just kind of rushed because I got in a week before we started school like okay. I was hired a week before um so yeah it was just quick
0: dang yeah you gotta d- did they have some stuff prepped for you then since so you were hired that soon
1: yeah so I actually I kind of came into a unique situation the the previous teacher that was there like I'm not quite sure why she left the position. I know she had recently had a kid and she just decided not to teach. So she left a lot in her classroom and like some of it was great. It was resources. It was stuff I could use. Other things was like old work from her past class. Okay. And so I was kind of in a unique place where I had to wade through all of her stuff and I still am. And then now with like the preparation for the eight. So we like with the opening, the reopening plan, we have an AB schedule. Yeah. So I have to, Socially distance my kids six feet. Okay. And so we're kind of relaying out our physical classroom.
0: When does that happen?
1: Um. So for third through sixth grade, it's supposed to be October fifth. Okay. And then K through two comes like two weeks before that. Okay. Um. And all the kids have to wear masks. We are getting all of our hand sanitizer. We have to clean the desks every day. Um. But the curriculum side of it, I nothing was ready. And so like, oh. I just had to, I'm relearning cursive right oh, now. Nice. <laughs> um, one of my kids the other day asked me how to do a cursive S and I did it cause I wasn't, we weren't learning that letter. They are like, they are so pumped to learn cursive. Yeah, I don't know why, but like, I'm glad they like it. Well, I taught them the S that I knew. It was wrong when I looked to the book later. Oh and I was like, oh no, because it's different. Like the program that we use yeah, yeah. and some of their parents are writing out like the alphabet for them. And they're like, Miss Williams, my mom's W looks different than your W. Oh, yeah, And I was like, well, it's just, this is how we teach it. And like, this is how we have to practice yeah. it. You know, when I
0: write, sometimes I write in cursive, like for cards and stuff yeah. or like screwing around. I'll just practice it. Yeah. And Some of the uppercase letters, I don't even know what to do. So I'll make like a fancy version of like the normal letter. Like swoop
1: or like add a curl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's what I do. And then there's
0: some like obscure letters. Like I think B is pretty hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just sometimes it could look like a different letter. And then Z is weird too, I think. Yeah. And like
1: looking, because I have one in my classroom, like an alphabet line in my classroom, and looking at some of the letters, like the, I think it's like the Q. It's like, that doesn't look like a cue. Is
0: it, is the cue like you do the circle and then down and then behind it?
1: It's like open.
0: Oh, weird. So
1: it kind of looks like a two because it's like curled at the top and then you come down and then around. Oh, It doesn't okay. really look like a cue to gotcha. me, but that's like, <laughs> that's how we learn it. Yeah. So I've like, I've relearned stuff and having to learn like Google Classroom and all of that. Um, but yeah, but my, my partner teachers are awesome. So they've taken really good care of me, but it was kind of a mad dash to like get going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What about you? Was it hard prepping for everything? Um, or prepping the curriculum?
2: It was definitely a lot to learn. I think. The hardest part is I'm still learning a bunch of things as I'm trying to teach these kids. Yeah. But I think knowing that we were going to be online was a lot easier to go into that transition.
0: Okay. And did you have more more time than a week to prepare? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: But yeah. Um,
0: so how does it work? I've always kind of wondered this. Do, do you guys have standardized testing at your schools?
2: We just did it, yeah.
0: Okay. So, so you have something that you need to meet kind of.
2: Yes. So Laura and I were talking about this the other day is the data is going to be a little skewed because in school they don't have the help of their parents or older siblings there. And so we were saying we could see when the people would come on the screen when they were doing like math testing or something and their numbers are probably going to be a little higher because you're not even technically supposed to read the question to them. And so a lot of the parents we noticed had come into the screen and like read the question naturally because your kid has a question you're gonna answer oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think it's just gonna be a little different when they do come back. I honestly think the testing should be redone in class, but they still did it this week. Um, I think the data is just gonna be a little different because they did it at home.
0: When when do they start, like, putting kids in advanced classes?
2: I think second grade is, or second grade is when they can test to go into like gifted and talented okay. education or gait.
0: Okay. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I I think I just did standard classes like my whole time. I never mm-hmm. did like anything advanced. No. Or, um, but to me, <clears throat> do you guys think standardized testing is like detrimental to a certain extent? I've heard that argument. I have no opinions on it, but I've heard that argument from people.
2: This was a heated like debate going through the College of Ed. I think it has its pros and cons, definitely, but... I think every kid is so different that one test can't meet all of their needs. That's
0: kind of what I think too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. um, They might
0: be so talented in one specific area that it like, oh, this one test makes them look terrible. But what if they're like an incredible painter or 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: those kids who are good at like the arts, I think. It, like, their tw- their test scores come back lower, and so it looks like they're not doing well in school. Yeah,
0: whereas they could thrive in a different environment. Yeah. Or, yeah.
2: So it definitely has its pros and cons.
0: Yeah. I I regret not taking school so serious, like, in, in yeah. high school. And yeah. Like, maybe my first two years of college, because I got pretty serious, and I, like, buckled down, and I got good grades for grad yeah. school, like, all my upper division stuff. And then grad school, like, if you... If you get bad grades in grad school, it's weird kind of, you know, like nobody really gets like C's and D's or an F like, yeah, you want to be there. And I think the people who don't want to be there definitely get weeded out maybe in their first year. Um, But I just think I could have gotten such better grades and maybe done some AP classes and stuff in high school. I think I was just focused on other stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I, I mean, you have kids that like are physically talented or the arts or different things. And like, I remember I had a fifth grader and really smart kid, but he just had like he had mental health stuff. He had emotional things going on. And he was smart, but he could not show it in like a lot of avenues, but you watch him. And I like talked to the PE teacher, like I would go to PE with them and watch him. And he, not only was he like physically talented, but talking to the, um, the teacher, he was like, he can figure out strategies quicker than the other kids. He can adapt. His teamwork is great. You know, like he had all these different school, like different skills. Like maybe he's
0: like a natural leader, like on the basketball court or something. Yeah.
1: And it just, I mean, I think that's something that teachers try to do. Like, I know that's one of my goals is to find like how to, how like how to help my students express what they know Yeah, and like do what they can. And I don't think standardized testing is awesome for that. It does give you just some straight up data. And typically across all testing you do, you kind of know who your kids are that need more help. And then I think when you do that one-on-one small group and work with them, show me what you know, you really figure out what they don't know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's it's good for just kind of some group generic baseline data, but it's kind of painful right now to have the kids do. And like I had to write down all my kids names that had parents in the screen. And I would tell them, I was like, hey, reminder friends, no parents are helping you. No one's helping you. But they don't remember that I can see them. Yeah. And yeah. so, and they want to help their kid. Because yeah, if your kid says, hey, I need help, you're going to go and help them, you yeah. know? And so. I think
0: a good parent would say, are you allowed to have help on this assignment?
1: Yeah. I had a parent email me. She goes, oh my gosh, Miss Williams, I am so sorry. When I realized it was his diagnostic test, I stopped helping him, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, well, you,
0: you're probably very open with the parents too. Like you email yeah. them back and forth all the whole time. Oh and- yeah.
1: Especially right now. I mean, the amount of tabs I have open and like, I have like my email, I have my meeting. If I have a small group meeting, if I have our materials, like sharing screens and going back and forth with parents or them just telling me, Hey, we don't have internet right now. Like after the windstorm, I had a kid that couldn't get on on Tuesday cause he didn't have internet. Yeah. And so communicating back and forth and talking. And so this is, I mean, normally in the beginning of the year, you don't talk to parents this much. You see him for sneak peek, you like see him the first day or whatever, but Man, I've talked to parents a lot lately. Yeah, so it's yeah. different.
0: Yeah, it's got to be interesting. It's just funny, like thinking back about how it was when you go through it, mm-hmm. and then now, like I'm thinking about what it's going to be like when I have kids. Yeah, and like having to take them to class and meet with their teachers, and it's like, oh my god, what if like my kid had a teacher I didn't like? Like that would be weird. Yeah, I, know. I, I know.
1: know. Seeing it from the other side, like we had our first um, high school swim meet on Tuesday and uh coaching it i was just like man you know because i've i've helped and i've swam obviously but just being like the head coach on the pool deck and doing the lineup and getting kids complaining or being like i don't know about this or (laughs) or what what like feedback i I gotta go to the bathroom (laughs) i had a kid miss his race he was in the bathroom No way. (laughs) i was like where did you go he just picked up his card and then he went to the bathroom and we started the hundred breaststroke and we were looking around and we were like, where is he? Where is he? People are running around trying to find him. I was like, you have to go. We can't hold up the meat. Yeah. And you know, I had to talk to him after. And so it's just, it's new experiences. It's from that other side. yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's cool. (laughs) It it is cool. Becoming like the master, you know, and like, yeah, I feel the, the one thing that I've taught more than anything has been weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting. And I figure out what I don't know by teaching people. Yeah. And because they ask you questions and I'm like, oh, I got to go look that up or I got to watch a video on that or something. Yeah. And so I think it makes you learn way more uh, when you're a teacher.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my dad, he, so both my parents swam in college. They swam at University of Washington and that's where they met. Okay. Um, and so my dad is super into swimming and he was actually my high school coach for a couple years and he's always kind of coached me and supported me. We talk about races and we always talk about, like, whether it's your um, career or your sport or activity, whatever, like, being a student of the game and learning those things and, like, striving after whatever it is, like, your goal and just knowing the ins and outs and, like, talking to people about it, reading materials and just, like, gathering all of that information. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So I feel like that definitely relates, like, to, like, your weightlifting knowledge and yeah, it's yeah.
0: cool. am <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm bad in that regard to a certain extent with some stuff. Like I'd love to be a master Mm -hmm. of one thing, but I'm so interested in so many different things that sometimes it's like, it's like, well, I'm getting a little bored with this. Like I want to learn about something else. And that's why I've been picking my books better recently. The ones that I start, Mm -hmm. I want to pick smaller ones because if I get stuck reading a big book, I'm like, I'm kind of over this subject, but I always just power through it still or I start another book at the same time.
1: Yeah. If you ever have a uh, book recommendations for us, we have a resource page on our website
0: for grads to glory. Yeah. No way.
1: Um, and so we put up, we're going to put up your podcast, oh, cool. um, as a resource and we put up recipes and articles, books, uh, CrossFit composures up there. Oh, cool, awesome. Um, and yeah, just and beat bound running that's what Mathis does. And it's just kind of a combination of all the resources that we've gathered for people if they're struggling or just want a good book, you know. Oh they man, can my my that. book
0: recommendations are not like self help books or anything like that. That's it's okay.
1: Like, they could be motivational. They could be something. Do you think someone would enjoy? It's all
0: history books. <laughs> it's not like anything too crazy. I I think you have to be interested in it before. Yeah. I, don't know. I wouldn't recommend any of these ones. My wife reads. I she's more on the. uh, like Brain on Fire, Where the Crawdads Sing, Mm -hmm. Educated. Have you guys read Educated?
1: I was looking at it when we came in and I was like, oh, I need to read that. It's been recommended to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. But I think she reads a little bit more of the mainstream stuff. I find some of the weird stuff, like that Big Trouble (laughs) book. um, Bill, who's the history teacher at Timberline, he recommended it to me. And it's about the governor oh my god my dogs i might let her in just so I she hear. Stops <laughs> yeah uh, but it's about the governor of idaho who was assassinated in caldwell in like 1905 wow and wow. yeah and theodore roosevelt like came to idaho and like got involved in it and stuff oh, and sure. so and then there's another book about like the history of the balkans that he gave to me and he's like i found this when i went back to my went back to my uh office at the high school, like once it yeah. opened back up, he's like, I know you're interested in this. And I was like, all right, thanks. But oh, that's cool. i got a bunch of books on my plate that I have to read, but I'm going to let yeah. her in real quick. And then I'm going to pour the drink that you brought because yeah. we're already over halfway in. Sweet. Okay. So hey. do you want to talk about what you brought and yeah. why, why you like it?
1: Yeah. So I brought my favorite juice. I brought pog and it stands for passion, orange guava. Um, and I, so our family trip growing up, We always went to Maui together. Um, And so whenever you would fly over on the plane and coming up from the beach, we would always drink pog.
0: Oh, yeah. Um,
1: And that's something like I always just grew up with. And then when I came here, I love to have like family dinners at my house and stuff and like group dinners and um, game nights and different things. And I always had POG and I was astounded by the people, the amount of people that were like, what the heck is this? They don't know what it is. Yeah. They didn't know what it was. Yeah. And so I have it. And just so many people were like, you introduced this to me. And so (sighs) that's, that's why I brought it. Awesome. Do you
0: guys (laughs) both want a full glass or half glass or how much do you want?
1: Like a half skin. Okay.
0: All right. That's kind of what I'm going to do too. (laughs) Um, Do you still go to Maui?
1: Do yeah. You guys do it every year? Um, we can't do it every year now just because so I'm the youngest and so both of my sisters are working and um and so we're pretty busy now. Um, so we kind of fill in as our schedule. My mom just talked to me about it yesterday. Um, thank you. Yeah. They I think we're actually gonna move our trip that we had scheduled in March to May. Because we don't want it to get canceled, just like with COVID. We don't know how things are going to look. Yeah. Um, But we do it pretty often. So We've skipped a few. They've went without me a few times. Oh, my gosh. Like when I was swimming.
0: Oh, yeah. Dude, I feel like I, I got left out of so much stuff playing yeah, football.
1: Yeah, me too. Because you don't have
0: that much <laughs> vacation time.
1: Well, and you can't, like, leave. And so I'd be – I remember they went, I think, in September – Everybody went but me, and they sent me pictures, and I was like, "This is the worst." Yeah. I was like, "I'm sitting at my desk, and you just sent me a picture on the beach."
0: And I don't <laughs> think I think the most I ever left Boise was probably for Thanksgiving, and that was maybe two or three days. Yeah, all through college, yeah, that was like my biggest vacation.
1: That's crazy. I do remember hearing that.
0: Yeah. The yeah. Like a very yeah. Yeah.
1: Swimming got we got like four days for Thanksgiving and like eight days for Christmas. So. But still,
0: like, like we got time off for Christmas, and after the bowl game, I think mm-hmm. we got maybe two weeks off. Yeah. But I would just stay here and work out. Yeah. Like, so, And guys would go home, but they would work out at home. It's not like anybody went to, like, Europe or anything. I mean, maybe a couple people yeah. did. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just weird that I never traveled during that whole six years. I didn't go, like, outside of the country or anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, the only place I really, like, I go home, and then I've been to Maui, and... We did some Utah trips, but everything's like close, you know, you never yeah. go too far.
0: Yeah. yeah. So do you like traveling? Do you guys do any family trips or anything?
2: Um. So my sister lives in San Diego and her and her husband own a restaurant. Um, and so if we do go on vacation, we usually go down there and hang out because it's still like going somewhere other than home. Yeah.
0: What kind of restaurant do they own?
2: A barbecue restaurant. It's called Corbin's Q. No way. Um, and so when we went on our team trips to San Diego, he would cater for our team. That's
0: awesome. Some
2: ribs and tri tip. (laughs) Awesome.
0: So is it, is it like the gas lamp district? Is that what it's called? It's right
2: by San Diego state. So it's on El Cajon, but that place does have cool restaurants. That's what I've heard is that area is
0: like the restaurant hipster yeah, it's place like an up go. and
2: coming neighborhood in yeah. San Diego yeah and then my mom's from Canada and so we've taken a trip there and hopefully we can go back soon yeah but yeah
0: yeah so my wife and I we went up to Hayden Lake which is just north of Coeur d'Alene a couple months ago and it was it was kind of refreshing going up there because They just like were pretending like COVID wasn't really a thing. (laughs) I mean, it was nice being in small town America Mm -hmm. and uh, we actually drove up pretty close to the Canadian border, Mm -hmm. but it was still shut at that point. And we were kind of bummed. We were going to drive across and like get a beer and some French fries and then like come back. But it was still closed. Yeah. Kind of sucked.
2: That's how I felt. We um, took a road trip to Zion over summer, Uh July, June, and it's like Corona wasn't a thing there. Like people were just out hiking, being outside. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah.
0: So did you guys go into the park then? Yeah. Zon? Cool. It was
2: free too. Nice. Yeah. Why was it free? Um, I think they were just trying to promote people to come, start coming back to national parks. Okay. And so we got there. We didn't have to pay to go in. It was pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah. We,
0: My wife and I just went to uh, Badlands. In South Dakota. Yeah. And they charged us.
2: (laughs) They missed the cutoff. (laughs) I know, yeah.
0: But we we just bought our National Parks Pass for the year. And so I think we're going to go to Yellowstone. And then we want to do a Southern Utah trip soon. And then do like... Canyon lands, arches, all that stuff down there. So
2: the first time our friend who we met from Utah told us about canyon lands, huh. I swear she said candy lands and the whole trip I was like, can we go to candy lands next time? And she was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah.
0: I want to go. I know this sounds really weird, but I want to go down the canyon where the guy got his arm stuck. Have you seen that movie? 127 hours.
2: Wait, I think we talked about that. Isn't that in Zion?
0: It's in Canyonlands, I oh. think. I think it's called Blue John Canyon. But yeah, he a uh, rock slipped and pinned his arm, and he was there for 127 hours yeah. before he decided, "I'm gonna cut my arm off."
2: Did he survive?
0: Yeah, he did. It's crazy. It's such the movie's awesome. Um, I have not read the book, but I heard the book is obviously way better. And he writes his own whole account. Um, he videotaped himself a bunch to like document, but he hasn't released the tapes. Like that's his personal thing that he like keeps with him. but it, he had to deal with like stuff that you wouldn't normally think about. Like he had to take his contacts out at one point and he just didn't like, he couldn't really see after that.
2: Oh my gosh! Yeah.
0: And like he was afraid of flash floods happening and then stuff about like cutting your own arm off. He had to break the bones first. Like he thought about that and then he put the tourniquet on. Like luckily he had some first aid yeah. knowledge. But we were I don't with
2: know. a nurse. So if anything like oh, that nice. happened, thank gosh, we were with her. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It's nice to have, it's nice to know someone that's like, you know, a paramedic or EMT or firefighter nurse, that kind of stuff. Cause yeah, I like if I was in that position, would I be smart enough to think I need a tourniquet? Or like I just start chopping and it's like blood starts squirting everywhere. Yeah, I would have no. <laughs> they don't teach you much
2: in teacher school about yeah, stuff yeah. like that it's, it's like
0: how yeah, how to put band aids on kids. Yeah,
2: or how to stop <laughs> a bloody nose. or Oh yeah, yeah, very simple things. Yeah,
0: yeah. Do they actually teach you that, like in college? Um, like I in feel the education like it's classes. Just,
2: um, like random conversations that would come up in class oh. if they talked about.
0: It's not, like, basic first aid for kids or...
1: No, you go through, like, a training, like, safe schools and stuff. You have to... You watch, like, a whole video about, like, if a kid gets a bloody nose and, like, how to clean it up and making sure, like, you if anything could be passed through blood and different things, but you don't have, like there's nothing too extreme. Like you don't have to take like CPR or anything. Okay. Um, gotcha. But there's like the nurse in the building and different people around.
0: Do you, yeah. are you guys CPR certified? I think, I feel like that's a pretty good thing to have, especially if you're a teacher.
1: Mine has since expired, but <laughs> I am like, I was CPR certified. Um, I was supposed to take a class again this fall, but it got canceled with, covid um so i know you can take online classes right now to get recertified okay
0: i think even if it's i think you're still allowed to do cpr on people even if it's expired
1: yeah well because like (laughs) most swimmers are lifeguards and so i feel like most of us are often certified so yeah yeah
0: yeah did you lifeguard like in boise as like a side gig in college
1: um i didn't some of our girls did like even just at our pool or the rec um i did swim lessons and different things but um i haven't I haven't lifeguarded in a long time.
0: (laughs) Did you guys ever do like for your conditioning? Maybe this is a stupid question because this might be way too easy for you. (laughs) But did you guys ever do water polo?
1: Um, When I was in club, it wasn't water polo. We called it animal ball. It was just much more aggressive. There's basically no rules. Like you can drown each other. Oh my gosh. So like you can dunk someone under and hold them yeah. until they release the ball. Uh, so like if you have a better lung capacity, oh my God. like you win. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's, was, it,
0: was it with a water polo ball? Like it had buoyancy? Or yeah. Like, okay. So
1: you'd like dunk, like people would like drive people under and then you just like hang on to them until the ball popped out yeah, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. someone would grab it. <laughs>
0: That's awesome.
1: So we like, I mean, we had to eventually have some rules about like guys could only cover guys like girls could only cover girls because there were some issues but like yeah there was we played that but other than that like water polo
0: so they they made us do some water stuff and we like actually during fall camp Mm -hmm. because it was like you know less intense on your joints and stuff we would do some swimming stuff yeah and then just tread water i mean for big dudes it's actually pretty hard for us to tread water for a while
1: we saw you guys in there a few times yeah (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) basketball would come in sometimes (laughs) yeah
0: um but we did water polo a couple times and that was Mm -hmm. exhausting um but something that i know that's gaining popularity now is underwater torpedo league have you seen that
1: (laughs) what it is
0: the coolest thing and i think it's mostly like navy seal type dudes yeah and i know that there's women that do it too yeah um but they're it's like the whole court is underwater. Yeah. And I don't think they go up for breaths like that often. Like they can hold their breath and play for like 60 seconds. Yeah. But they have like a little torpedo thing that they kind of throw to each other and it shoots through the water and they'll mm-hmm. catch it and they'll keep swimming. And the goals are on the bottom of the pool.
1: Oh, that's And so cool. they're
0: like, there's a goalie trying to block Yeah, and they'll throw it like the little torpedo thing and they'll score. And it's kind of like... I don't know. It's kind of like soccer or hockey. Yeah. Just or like water underwater, ball, but it's all underwater. It's awesome. That's cool. And they've been featured like on ESPN and sports illustrated and stuff. And they have an awesome Instagram page.
1: Dang. We're going to go have to check that out. Yeah. Well, like I, You
0: guys, I'm surprised you don't know about it.
1: Well, it's funny. Cause like people ask us sometimes they're like, how long can you hold your breath? Yeah. And I was like, you know, honestly, like I've never just sat in the pool and like seen how long I can hold my <laughs> yeah. breath. Cause like we, I mean, you did a lot of like breath control stuff, like for training, like underwater kicks. And like, I mean, we could go over a 25 underwater, you Mm -hmm. know, like we have a good lung capacity, but you were always like working and then you come up and you swim type of thing. So it's always kind of funny. Like people like, have you done that? And I was like, no, I don't just sit at the bottom of the water, you know?
0: Yeah. But I heard, uh, David Blaine, you know who he is? Like the magician. He, I heard him in an interview the other day talking about, how he, I think he held his breath for like 13 minutes one time. Oh my gosh. But there's, there's stuff you can do that like tricks your body, like certain breathing exercises to like breathe off all the carbon dioxide. And then like you and I could probably do it for like four minutes right now, if yeah. we just did those techniques yeah. first.
1: Well, cause like, um, I have some friends that do like free diving Oh, and you that's know, that's scary. Yeah. It's I would like, never do that. <laughs> they like, cause they talk to me about like, how do you hold your breath? Like, what do you do? And I'm like, you, I mean, you can build your lung capacity. That's just what we did in swimming. Like, I don't really have any tricks, Yeah, but it's crazy what people can do. Yeah.
0: I would just get so scared. Like if I dove down, and I'm like, okay, I need a breath now. Then it's like, oh, I got to go all, all the way, way back up, up now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. 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 I've w- seen them. The, the free divers usually have fins on, right? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. And then sometimes they have like kind of like a weight like necklace about around their neck. So it oh. keeps their body line super flat oh. um, because it's best for like to keep like your air. Okay.
0: Yeah. That is so scary. Hey, do you, have you guys ever like scuba dived?
1: I was going to say one of my best experiences was scuba diving because like it's so cool because you're underwater for like 40 minutes to an hour and like not having to think about breathing and like coming up is a really really cool experience yeah I get
0: freaked out like last time my wife and I were in Kauai we went um snorkeling and I get a little freaked out like especially when I get far away from the shore I don't know why it's just like
2: it's alarming being away from the shore like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: I get it's almost like a panic thing kind of sets in, and I'm I think I'm good at like controlling it, like I don't freak out, but it's like, like I I just want to go into the shore now, like I'm I i do not want to be out here anymore.
2: When I I went scuba diving in Catalina Island. Oh, cool! And the weirdest thing was being able to breathe underwater, especially being a swimmer. Like yeah. I don't know, it was the strangest thing.
0: So I've heard. Is it more like active breathing? Like you kind of have to push the air out and pull the air in? Yeah. Or can you just turn your brain off and not think about it?
2: I just think I was breathing naturally, but. When they take you first out, you like dive off the boat and then they take you, make you take your mouthpiece out mm. in case it ever like gets kicked out while you're scuba diving They down teach there. you how to... Yeah. And you have to put it back in and like flushes all the water out of your mouth.
0: Oh, wow.
2: But yeah, scuba diving was cool, but it was, I think the weirdest thing was being able to breathe underwater. Yeah. It was so unnatural.
0: <laughs> you know what's wild? Do you guys watch any Navy SEAL documentaries or have you seen any of that stuff? Like the underwater training that they do?
2: I do a little bit. Yeah.
0: So they, I know one of their tests, like they know their apparatus so well, like blindfolded, they'll put them underwater with a blindfold on and they'll pull the apparatus off and pull something apart. And so they'll, they'll pull it off. They'll put it in front of them. And without being able to see, they'll feel what's wrong and then put it back together and then yeah, flush the water out and then be able to breathe again. Cause you got to think like if they're in some crazy environment, they have to be able to do that and well, that, at
2: the pool, sometimes we would see the ROTC guys from campus. They would jump off this tiny platform, blindfolded, with their rifle, with like oh, weighted no vests on, and they'd have to do something very similar underwater. Oh my gosh,
0: that's crazy! The one that always scared me was like the drown proofing thing, where they tie your feet together and they tie your hands together. And I think how oh, deep is no. a pool? Twelve feet or fifteen feet?
2: Uh, like twelve over yeah, by the diving
0: well. Okay, so I think I think it's a twelve foot pool but yeah hands tied behind their back feet tied together and they basically push off the bottom of the pool they get one breath at the top and then slowly let it out so they sink back down and then they jump back up and they have to do that for like 30 minutes and it's just like you got to keep yourself calm you're fine but like i would panic man yeah i i don't know i'm not good with water
2: we would do a lot of underwater work so we'd have to hold our breath for like like 25 seconds or something and people always ask us like how do you do that and I don't know how these people do it but some swimmers always are like yeah I'm just really calm underwater I'm like hyperventilating underneath the water yeah it's crazy
0: yeah I don't know it's wild so what would you have to be doing something for that 25 seconds yeah we'd be like
2: kicking or we'd have to dive and be like kick from one end to the other and flip turn without coming like up for air yeah gosh Yeah, we had one time Laura and I were doing this set in the diving well and you know those giant jugs of water that you uh, like companies have and they turn upside down. Oh,
0: like the five gallon jugs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So
2: those were full and we had to kick with the water pouring on top of us. We oh had my to gosh. Kick.
0: <laughs> like on the dry land?
2: No, or- we were in the water kicking with the water pouring down Who on us. Who was pouring it on you? Ourselves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. No way. <laughs>
2: And so that was like 40 seconds of water just straight hitting your
1: face. Not You're
0: breathing. getting like waterboarded. <laughs> that's,
1: exactly, that's exactly what we had said. We were like, what are we doing? And at that point, we were the only two brushstrokers on the team. So we're over here. Everybody else is doing stuff in the pool. We're <laughs> over in the dive in. Like
0: the redheaded stepchildren. Like you guys go pour water yeah. on yourselves.
1: <laughs> and our coach was like, okay, this is what we're going to try. I saw like USC like uh, water polo players doing this. And we yeah. were like, okay you don't realize how heavy it is like in the water
0: five gallon jug like
1: above you and then if you have to like it was so hard to breathe because the water's rushing down on your head (laughs) and so you couldn't breathe and then like if it was too heavy you kind of sunk underwater and then you came up it was a mess that sounds terrible it was terrible dang we did some we did some sketchy things in swimming we did there was um
0: did you guys have trainers with like at your practices
1: they would sometimes come more often <laughs> than not, not really. Like, they weren't there when the power towers fell on Mathis. We were what? doing <laughs> so. Do you know what a power tower is?
0: Is it the thing that you look up at that tells you where you're at in the pool?
1: So, it's like it's this, it's got this metal rack and it's got a base and it has big things of water, like big barrels, and you fill it with water and it's got a pulley system attached to it. Okay. And at the bottom is a belt. So, you hook into it. So, it's a resistance training. Oh. And so we. And you pulled it down. So. Swim against it. Yeah. So we were in the pool, and I was on one side. Mathis was on the other. And when she pushed off, the mechanism got stuck. Like the rope got wrapped around it. So instead of on the track, it pulled it. So I caught the. I was like, I like screamed Mathis. I caught the one side, and the other side dropped on her because she had already pushed oh, shoot. off. Shoot. That was not the first time that happened. There but you, was did like.
0: You, were you okay?
2: just like underwater with the metal thing on top of me I didn't get a concussion but
0: but did you I did, pull the did metal you have thing. to like unstrap yourself and get out
2: <laughs> yeah they had to pull oh it gosh. out before I could get out
0: Oh my gosh
2: swimming's a contact sport sometimes
0: <laughs> you know what's crazy to me I mean I, you guys probably had athletic trainers more than some other groups of people and I'm 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 not gonna call it a sport cheerleading. <laughs> I dated a cheerleader when I was at Boise State for a couple of years, and they they would like fall. They'd throw each other All up in the air, the and they'd time. fall on the ground and like smack their heads and stuff, or
2: their ankles. And they're
0: yeah, yeah, but they never they didn't have athletic trainers at their practices.
2: What that's crazy. I feel like that's to me. the one thing that needs it. Yeah, You're tossing people in the air. Yeah. and then catching them. It's just funny <laughs> that
0: you guys say that sometimes there weren't athletic trainers at yeah. your practices because there's no there's no way that we would practice without the trainers. Yeah, like. I mean, if a bone snaps or something, there needs to be somebody with like EMT skills yeah. there, you know. Yeah, Our
2: coaches were lifeguards, so I think the worst oh, yeah. was if we just drowned or something. Yeah.
0: Did your coaches always stay dry, or did they ever swim with you guys?
2: Um, they were always on the pool deck, just okay. hanging out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sipping their coffee. Yeah, at five a.m.
0: <laughs> oh, is that when you guys had to practice?
2: Yeah, it was like six to eight every okay. morning.
0: Dang, crazy. So, did you? Did you guys have meetings as well that you had to like schedule your classes around?
2: Um, if we did, they were on like Saturdays, but we just had doubles almost every day. So we swam six to eight and then we had a class and then we swam two to four and lifted.
0: Okay, gotcha. It's kinda like I mean that's pretty time consuming for a non football sport. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys ever watch like film? Is that a weird question?
2: <laughs> so, we did record ourselves underwater. They have this like stick that goes in the water with a camera and we would do that maybe once a month. Okay. But yeah, like watching yourself swim is really weird. Is it weird watching yourself play football?
0: It's you strange. get you get so used to it, you know, cuz we we spent more time in the film room than like anywhere else. Maybe we'd spend more time in the well, that's not true. I was going to say the weight room, but it was it was probably weight room film and then like actual football wasn't as much time as those two things. So, yeah. but you, yeah, you get so used. I didn't think it was that weird. Maybe it was, I
2: think it's strange. Cause like we had to watch ourselves teaching too. And I still wasn't used to that. Oh, but yeah. watching yourself swim is weird. Cause you think you look a different way. And then you're like, that doesn't look right. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah. yeah. You yeah. have like a
0: different mental image of what you look like. Yeah. It's the same with uh, your voice.
2: Oh, I hate listening to myself. But... Most,
0: most people do. <laughs> I don't know why. Like. It's weird that you, I mean, I could probably, yeah, guess why, but you sound different than how you sound when you're recorded. Yeah. I always think I sound like a Southern California skater kid.
2: Someone told me that the other day that I sound like I'm from Southern California. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know.
0: I think I say dude a lot.
2: I call people dudes all the time. I call my
0: wife dude. Yeah. 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 All,
2: it's just like so naturally comes out yeah. or gnarly. I say that a oh, lot nice. too. Oh, Awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah so do you how often do you go back to california then um are your parents usually, still there
2: so my parents still live in santa maria um and i usually go there for most holidays okay so like thanksgiving christmas and then spring break
1: i try to go home too
0: nice yeah. awesome and i i guess i don't even know where you're from is that weird
1: <laughs> um, i'm from washington
0: okay yeah. i guess i did know that yeah. yeah okay so did you grow up like in seattle
1: um so i'm from covington it's like 40 minutes from seattle okay yeah i i really went into seattle
0: yeah, yeah. like into downtown yeah you didn't go to pike's place market
1: i mean because so many people come and visit that but i mean i've I've been and i go but it's not something that i'm like oh i want to go do this like normally i want to go on a hike or like go swim or be with friends like when i get home
0: would you swim in the ocean there or is it too cold
1: so it's it's actually puget sound is connected right there yeah um and so it's just a little different just because it comes like in the inlet and stuff but it's it's cold yeah yeah
0: you never swam there
1: um, I, I swam in Puget Sound. It was more of like a jump in like off oh. of a dock or off of a boat and like swim back in because gotcha. it's so cold. And like, it's a little scary because like there's sharks and like octopus, like there's just like a lot of stuff in there. So yeah, you don't go like terrible. too don't deep. want to go in there. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it was okay to like jump in and then swim in, you know, but it's, it's so cold. Like you're just so tense. Like you can't engage your muscles to swim. Yeah. So that
0: area is really cool to me. Um, my cousin actually lived on Bainbridge Island oh, yeah. for a, a pretty long time. And he worked for Amazon, which the Amazon headquarters are in Seattle. Yeah. And he would take the ferry every day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> and I I would love to spend some more time in Seattle and just like take ferries around to the different islands. Yeah. There's so much there.
1: It's like... It's like I've, overwhelming. I loved growing up there. Like, I'm a very outdoorsy person and like, I mean, the whole swim team knew, like, if there was like a spider or a bug, they were like, "Lorva!" like, because oh I'm totally okay with like yeah. being outdoors and like, just, I grew up on that. Um, And we actually have a cabin on Orcas Island. Okay. And so I grew up like, you take a ferry there um, and go and just like be out on the island and it's connected to Puget Sound. So we would like swim out in just like the little bay um, and then like like... like picking up jellyfish and eels and like catching fish and just like all of that. Yeah. Um, and then we got a new place up in Port Angeles. Um, if you ever go up there to explore, it's really cool. Okay. Yeah. I,
0: I haven't spent much time in that area. I've been to Seattle a couple times Mm -hmm. and Tacoma. Um, but yeah, when you start, when you look at a map, like on Google, like I like going on Google maps and just looking at like all the different places you could go. Yeah, Yeah. There's, Hundreds of islands. I didn't know it was like that. And you can take ferries to any of them.
1: Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Like they're all connected. And yeah, Washington is very like outdoorsy. And going into Seattle is fun too. Like there's just, it's like the the downtown area, you know. It's Um, just like
0: a big city though. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Like I got, it's kind of underwhelming when we went there. Yeah. It's kind of like, like Pike's place is kind of disappointing.
1: Yeah. We went there for swim across America our my first two years. Um, and some of the girls, cause they're from like Wisconsin or Minnesota. So like they had never been to Seattle and they were like, Oh, this is cool. You know, it's a cool day trip to do with like friends who have never seen it. But most often like we go on hikes or go oh, yeah. like kayaking or what's something.
0: the, what's the national park there?
1: Um, Olympic national park.
0: Okay. I've never been there, but I heard it's awesome.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really cool. It's really big. It's like gigantic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's overwhelming, scary. Maybe we'll do like a, my wife and I'll do a road trip there. Yeah. Save a couple bucks with our national park pass.
1: Um, (laughs) if you do, my cabin is right there. Okay. Definitely stay. All
0: right. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Um, so do you guys have any plans to travel like next summer? Like when COVID's over, yeah. is there anything that you're like itching to do?
1: I mean, I just, hopefully we can go on our family trip to Maui. Yeah. Um, but other than that.
2: I have a friend who just moved to Nashville, oh. like Atlanta, Nashville area. So hopefully you can go see her soon. Yeah. Because I've always wanted to go over there. Yeah. Towards that area. I've heard
0: Nashville is awesome. Yeah. My parents were just there recently.
2: I love country music, so that would be my jam. Nice. (laughs) It's weird
0: how, like, Southern California people are into country music. Yeah. Because I know a ton of people from Southern California. Like, my parents were into, like, Alan Jackson and stuff. Yeah. And they, like, lived in L.A.
2: (laughs) Well, we have, like, a county fair, and so we have, like, FFA and all these farms back home. So I think just liking country music. Yeah. Like, being from that area.
0: It's interesting driving around, like, just right outside the city, like, in Ventura, there's farmland. Tons yeah, of farmland. And I people love don't, it. Yeah, people don't think about that about California.
2: Well, when I say I'm from Southern California, but it's like a farmland, they're so confused. I'm like 8 <laughs> miles from the beach, but there's broccoli fields and cows next to my house. Yeah, yeah. It's a good our, area. <laughs>
0: our old house that we grew up in, they basically they turned it into like an avocado orchard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Cool. Do you miss Mexican food?
2: Yes, I Is there any I good can't Mexican food? I can tell you I found this really good breakfast burrito from this Mexican place, Los Bedos. Oh, yes. Yeah. Best breakfast burrito I've ever oh, had. Oh, yeah.
0: Los I, Betos has come up on this podcast a few times. <laughs> I used to eat there all the time. And my wife and I, if we want to get like wild, we'll go to Los Betos. I got it
2: after my half marathon. I sat there in a parking lot and Googled the best breakfast burrito <laughs> oh, in Boise, and that came up. So I tried it. So good. They're awesome. But Matador is pretty good. Yeah. And... Uh, Chapala. Yes. Oh yeah.
0: I love Chapala. There's one right down on, uh, Overland. It, it's called Andrade's.
2: Oh, I think I drove by it.
0: It's amazing. So they're the, there's an older, like dumpier looking building and they just moved out of that. And on right across the street, they have this brand new location. And so my wife and I have eaten there twice. We actually ate there yesterday and it's amazing.
2: I always judge like a Mexican restaurant based off their chips and salsa.
0: Their, their chips and salsa is pretty good, but you got it. They, they have such unique dishes that like, like one of their sides is cheesy potatoes. Really? Yeah. And it's, so it's like not everything just comes with rice and beans. Yeah. And so I think it's like even more authentic than you'd think. Yeah. Cause this guy's like, this is what we used to make in my hometown in Mexico. And it's just funny. Like the descriptions for each of the dishes. He's like, yeah, my grandma used to make this one. And uh, this is a local favorite from the town that I grew up in. And it's awesome. That's
2: one thing I love about Boise is like the restaurants here. Yeah. And how many there are.
0: Yeah. So if you're craving some Mexican food, I highly recommend Andrade's. I
2: have to try that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then there's another Los batos esque place that just opened on Fairview. And it's literally called... California Mexican food what? and I swear they opened it it might be a Boise address but I think they opened it because they know so many Californians are moving into Meridian and it's like right oh in that area gosh. and I think they just yeah they're like we'll get all the Californians to come here and eat here
2: <laughs> I have to try that now
0: yeah and I I think it's almost like a like a less greasy version of Los Betos mm. so which I, I, I don't know if that's a good thing <laughs>
2: <laughs> sometimes the grease is the best part yeah that's what I
0: think too and I like uh, Los Betos does the rolled tacos which are basically like taquitos but they roll up beef in a tortilla and they deep fry it and then they put cheese and guacamole all over it it's so good
2: to me the best Mexican restaurants are the ones that look pretty dodgy from oh, the outside yeah, like totally. the hole in the wall yeah. restaurants. And
0: they and if they don't speak good English. Yeah, or yeah.
2: the uh, the menus in Spanish. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh yeah. That's awesome. That's good. See, that's what <laughs> I that's what I what bummed me out about COVID. I was getting so good at my Spanish and my wife and I were going to go to Argentina and that oh. trip got canceled. Did you
2: take like a online class You download an app?
0: So I was, I've been doing Duolingo and then there's a lot of, uh, I should say Mexican people, but one of them's Colombian that I interact with at my work. And I told them all like, don't speak English to me anymore and just speak Spanish to me. And now they like, will they like refuse to speak English to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I practiced with them at work and then I did Duolingo. And then one of our good friends at the gym, Sarah Lopez, um, I practice with her sometimes too. So I took
2: 4 years of Spanish in high school and I'm not going to lie, I don't remember much.
0: Yeah, I bet you'd probably remember then the basics. But it slowly
2: comes back.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I need to get back on it too. But I was so stoked to like go to Argentina for 2 weeks and speak Spanish. Did so. you
2: just like postpone it?
0: Uh, we never replanned it. We actually we bought tickets to Tokyo for April. Yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah,
0: but we haven't replanned our Argentina trip. So I'm obsessed with travel. I just want to like see... I like seeing weird, cool places and different stuff.
2: What other countries have you been to?
0: Uh, We've been to Eastern Europe, like Slovenia, Bosnia, Serbia, Croatia. Oh, that's cool. And then Germany, Luxembourg, France, Belgium. Um, I'm trying to think where else. Like we went to Mexico. But I don't know, there's so many more places on my list. And it's like we were just kind of getting momentum t- yeah. doing all this stuff. And then, like, we were finding cheap flights and deals, and like, we're getting our travel thing figured out, yeah. like how we like to travel. And then, and then COVID hit. You need
2: like that scratch off map where you scratch we off? We actually have one of those. Oh, my God. Those yeah. are so cool. <laughs> so, we
0: actually have two maps. We have one with pinpoints in it, and that's everywhere we've been together. And then our other map that's like the scratch off is everywhere we've been together since we've been married.
2: Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
0: And that one actually has like the individual states too. Yeah. So like for the U.S. states, you can scratch them off one at a time. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool looking at the map and it's like, it's like if you just put one toe into Russia, then you can scratch off like this giant thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah.
2: Where's like one place you really want to go that you haven't yet?
0: Oh, I, I really want to go to Iraq. I know that sounds weird, but there's, so there's a north, in the north of Iraq, there's these people called the Kurds, and it's called Kurdistan, and they, you know, there's been talks that they want to be their own country, but it's not what you typically think of, like when you think of Iraq, Iraq. Um, and they kind of pride themselves in being independent and being their own people and different, and my brother-in-law and I were actually planning on going there together, and I wouldn't, I don't think I'd take my wife there, like i you kind of consider that like kind of a little extreme travel. Um, but Westerners travel to this town called Erbil all the time. Um, and so we were planning on going there and that got canceled too. Actually, the thing that got that canceled was the U S killed somebody like one of the Iraqi opponent leaders, Soleimani. And so that's why we had to postpone that trip. We're like, we're not going to go to that part of the world right now. Yeah. (laughs) But we, my wife and I want to go to, um, like Israel and Jordan too. And that's kind of like Middle East light. Mm-hmm. Like Westerners can travel there all the time and it's not a big deal. Um, and I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan and they filmed in Petra and Jordan. Have you seen Indiana Jones? Yeah. The last crusade, like the temple that's carved into the side of the mountain. That's yeah. in I love Petra, <laughs> And you can go there. You can go there. Like, that's bomb. Yeah. And take a tour. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have anywhere, like, you want to go?
1: I don't know. I'm, like, not... A super big like travel person like i definitely will go places with my family yeah but like when we go to maui we basically do the exact same things yeah um we actually we tried like this bike expedition kind of thing like we rented like e-bikes uh-huh. and it was a mess we had <laughs> two of us crashed and everybody like the joke was i mean it wasn't even us it was like the quality of bikes like my front tire fell off oh my god so i flew off my bike no and way. like so the joke with that was like why didn't we just stay on the beach? You know, like I like trying new things like scuba diving and stuff, but I have never had like aspirations to like really travel. Like, other places my sis, my middle sister um did a 50 state road trip after she graduated you told me about that yeah that's
0: so cool yeah i would love to do something like that yeah just finding the time to do it
1: yeah i mean she did it over a span of like a month and a half but it was cool to see like people she connected with on like the west coast and they were like oh i have a grandma or an aunt or a cousin or a friend on the east coast and she went and stayed with them that's so cool Because that whole time i think she got a hotel like seven nights
0: yeah that's nuts so that's so awesome yeah
1: pretty cool yeah. yeah
0: yeah it's interesting traveling like when Debbie and I traveled with um, Ross and Abby yeah they're so content like sitting on the beach drinking beer and like yeah. reading and Debbie and I are like we gotta go see the thing we gotta go to this and, yeah and like I could see how maybe we'd be annoying to some people or <laughs> yeah. like like to us it's like why you, we're here like why would you not want to go see the canyon like yeah. I don't know so it's just people have different versions of like what their vacation a vacation be
1: like. i mean that's like whenever like when we go to maui now like i go to crossfit And oh, like yeah. i go to the gym over there and because i am like a very busy body and like I'm like who wants to go snorkeling who wants to go for a swim yeah. who wants to go and they're like just relax yeah, yeah, and I yeah. was like, turn it off yeah i was like <laughs> let's go do a game let's go do something we did an escape room in um, uh, in maui yeah nice. it was it was fun yeah but so
0: do you guys stay let me see if i can get this right is yeah. it Kona, yeah or like lahaina yeah, that... so
1: we stay in Kanapali at the Westin, um, okay. but we go into Lahaina.
0: Cool. Yeah. Nice. And then you do like the road to Hana? Yeah. Yeah. I've been to Maui. I think I've only been there once. Yeah. But I know about that stuff. Yeah. yeah. No,
1: it's it's really cool. We actually t- had to take like the road to Hana like uh, backtracking to the airport once because uh-huh. there was like an accident and... It was, it was a mess. It was not our best trip like back. Cause yeah. like normally like Rotana is just kind of like fun. You go like wrap around, like you come up like through all like the windy roads. It gets to like a one lane road. Yeah. But that was, that was a different experience.
0: Yeah. So have you been to any of the other islands?
1: Uh uh-uh, Just those.
0: We went to, we've been to Kauai twice mm-hmm. and it's cool. It's like, it's like life like is like slowed down. It's so yeah. rad. It's so cool going there. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we stayed in, like, an apartment complex. It was an Airbnb, mm-hmm. but it was almost like... It didn't really feel, like, resorty or anything. Yeah. It was just cool kind of, like, integrating in. And, you know, you stop at the gas stations and, like, I-, I don't know. We went to, like, a thrift store one day, too. I mean, it was just cool to see, like... What yeah. people live like there.
1: Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I love Maui. My sister and her husband went to Kauai for their honeymoon. And my dad's been to Kona for the Ironman over there. Oh, yeah, the big one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But most of the time, like, they just kind of found, like, my parents are like, we like Maui. Like, this is a comfortable spot for us. So. Yeah.
0: Isn't it nice, like, when you first get there and you're like, I have a week here. It's going to be it's awesome. It's so
1: nice. You, like, walk in the sand. <laughs> like, because I hadn't been for however many years. And, like, my family had been, like... A few times. Yeah. And I just walked out on the beach and I was like, it's so nice. And it's so nice to swim in the ocean. Like, I'll do, like, open water swims. Oh, and...
0: I love swimming in the ocean because I float. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> if I swim in Quinn's Pond, I sink. Yeah. yeah.
1: You'll yeah. have to come swimming one of these days. I know.
0: We keep... My wife and I keep saying <laughs> we're going to do it. But, um, well, we're, we're coming up on an hour and a half. Yeah. So, I know you've listened to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're ready for this or not. Okay. But my... The thing that I like to do at the end of the podcast is give you guys the last word so Mm -hmm. you guys can put out some good vibes into the universe. And uh, if you want to talk a little bit more about Grads of Glory, um, yeah, it's it's up to you what you want to say.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, from Grads of Glory, like, it's been something really cool that has come out of COVID, I think, because we had the time to, like pause and kind of talk about it more and really like work on it we put out a website we just placed our first t-shirt order we did stickers um we've been working with people we've done more sunday spotlights you know so it's been kind of a cool time to do that um and yeah i don't know i think we've been very appreciative of that and like mathis and i did so much together through college that it's cool to just kind of have this like outside of it too to like come about from that Um, And I think we appreciate like the alumni that we have and just like that connection of like, what athletics has given us, like, even though we've been out of swimming for quite a while, yeah, um, it's still like a blessing. Um, and then even like when we go to Quinn's Pond, when people see us, they're like, Are you on the swim team? Oh, or yeah. like, Were you swimmers? You know, you're both we like all, tall,
0: blonde, yeah, long like, arms, yeah, we <laughs> yeah.
1: got like our, sw- like, our, our Bronco swim caps oh, on, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and so people kind of always ask, and um, yeah, it's been, it's been a really cool thing, and I'm very appreciative of uh, composure just like the transition it's given me like it's been really fun to like olympic lift and like learn all the movements like i've gotten so much better at things like there was someone they told me like they watched me squat when i first came because like I never actually squatted in college like just because I have really bad knees. And so I, I never squatted. Like we always did sled pushes or leg press or different things or deadlifts. Yeah. And so now it's like, Oh my gosh, like whole new world. And they're like, (laughs) they didn't used to look like that. And I was like, I know like I'm learning so much. And like, Snatches and clean and jerk, and it gives me like a purpose and like something new to do. Yeah, it's awesome um, to have
0: something like that to work on.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, just kind of like learning those aspects and like watching like film of it and like competing, like having something to work towards and like goals. Um, so yeah, I mean, everything's been good, and I'm just like grateful for all the people that I have around me. Um, awesome, yeah, cool. Memphis, do you have anything?
2: Um, I think the biggest thing is just, like, finding your people and finding your community. Um, I just started grad school, too, and I'm in a cohort of, like, a relatively small group. And so, it's just nice to be surrounded with people who have, like, similar goals as you or si- really positive attitudes. So, um, I'm very grateful that this brought Laura and I together again on another project, passion project. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you guys for being on the thank podcast. Thank you. From grads to glory on Instagram, right? Yes. And then what's the website?
2: It's from grads to glory dot Okay. Awesome.
0: Yes. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah, of course.